Thank you so much for joining us on our very first ever episode of Speaking of Seattle. I am Jamal Siddiqui, your ever-present host. I'm here to be with you, to dive into, explore, talk about anything, frankly, that has to do with Seattle that matters to you. If it's about Seattle and if it's relevant, you'll find it here. And speaking of Seattle, I'm here today with my very own boss, Jeff Costello, managing and directing broker of Tribeca Northwest Real Estate. Thank you so much for being here yet again, Jeff. I know that this has been a road that uh, it's been a little bumpy in the infancy stages, but we're going to get there. So thanks for coming back and sharing another hour of your time. Well, thanks, Jamal. I'm uh, glad to be a part of your inaugural podcast of Speaking of Seattle. Absolutely. I'm glad that uh, I'm able to be a part of that uh, on a bigger level of being uh, a contributor and a sponsor. So, yes, as a matter of fact, I, I forgot to mention in the intro, I would like to mention, Speaking of Seattle is in part funded and hosted by Tribeca Northwest. Um, so thank you for your contributions of both time as well as resources. I had to do something to get on a podcast. I know. <laughs> the bar's actually much higher than than one would think. Um, but at any rate, I just I wanna I wanna talk to you today, Jeff. Again, I want to talk about Seattle. We talk about it all the time, but today I think, you know, let's let's be a little more directed. Let's talk about Seattle real estate. I know that given our past together, we will deviate. That's simply impossible. That's what we do. That's what we do. But let's talk about Seattle real estate because that's honestly one of the biggest topics in town right now that I know about. Talk radio, national press, um, it's water cooler talk around, you know, around the city is Seattle real estate. So we're real estate agents. I think that it makes a lot of sense to maybe, why don't we talk about how we think the Seattle market's going? Well, Obviously, uh, for most, we know that Seattle's got one of the hottest markets in the United States. It's a great place to live. I don't want to come out of the gates as a jerk here, but like we're not anymore. Well, we kind of are. I mean, I, I think this weekend I heard that Seattle was... We dropped out of the top five. ...was the crane capital of the United States. The most operating cranes in any continental U.S. city. Yeah, it's true. I think it was like 64 or something. Yeah, I was downtown not too long ago, yeah. and I counted like I don't know. I was at baseball game, yeah, um, and counted like fourteen just from where I was sitting in the All Star Club. They're everywhere. It's it's crazy. The Nash, the, the city bird is the crane. Yeah, <laughs> but whom? <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, yeah, I think we got sixty four operating cranes. Dubai actually has somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen hundred. So. On the national scale, we are very small peanuts. Well, Dubai would be on a global scale, right? Global, pardon me, international scale. All right. We are small peanuts at 64 or so. But I know, I mean, that's interesting because like you just said, we're one of the hottest real estate markets. And I think this is important for people to think about is that we actually dropped out of the top five. Like Seattle is like, I don't know the metrics necessarily, but we're not the hottest market in the country anymore. Well, I think you can go back and forth, uh, you know, one month it could be Seattle next month. It could be, you know, Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, we are still in one of the hottest real estate markets in the country. Um, but it is slowing down. I mean, it's, well, you and I both feel that. And I think oh, talking yeah. with, you know, our with colleagues, uh, 
Yeah. And then all the real estate pundits have mentioned that the market is slowing down. And I think that would be a good topic to why is it slowing down and what's, you know, what's the path that it's going to continue to follow? My personal thought, and I know you're my guest and so you should probably go first, but we're going to fight convention here. We're going to swim a little bit upstream. Um, I, I, I really think that it's a confluence of, of probably three factors. One, um, a slight raise in interest rates. But more importantly, I mean, interest rates are still pretty low. I mean, you know, with, uh, with historic averages, we're still almost rock bottom. Um, so interest rates play, you know, a little bit, I think, in, 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 the, in the buyer's choice, whether to take that big step or not. I think that all the press that Seattle has gotten, all of the heartbreaking stories of buyers, like you put that all together, it's multiple offers. It's being asked as a buyer to come in with 15 to 20% over asking price. And then even then you have to waive all your contingencies and hope that they pick you. It's almost like a lottery. Um, buyers just got fed up with it. And then as soon as June started, that's when I felt the shift myself. You know, there might be some, you know, some, some, some economic markers that show it was sooner than that. But personally, it started in the mid- beginning of June. And I think that was buyers saying, you know what? I'm just going to take a couple months. We're going to go vacation, going to enjoy life, maybe going to let my lease expire and then like really hit the ground running in August and September. Maybe get our feet planted before school starts in, you know, mid September early October for some districts. So buyers kind of leapt out of the pool at the same time, all the sellers in the region were reading these articles, the same ones that the buyers were reading about, you know, 15, 20% over asking price and like 20% appreciation year over year. And they all decided, okay, now's my time. So I'm going to jump into the pool. And so it was this perfect, imperfect storm of, buyers walking away from the table all the sellers came to the table now nobody wants to buy a house everybody wants to sell a house and it just turned everything upside down and i think that's going to change i think that we're going to come back in august and i think we're going to come back in september and it's going to be back to business as usual because those buyers are still here tech jobs are still flowing into the region there's no reason to think that all the people that currently live here and rent here who want to buy are just going to be satisfied with buying renting for another year or two. So I think the market's going to come back in a big way. What do you think? I don't think the market really went anywhere. I think it's just slowed down and, and you hit a couple of good points. One, I think there's some overzealous sellers who have waited until to this point to like, I'm putting the, my house on the market and they are might be overpricing homes mm-hmm. or their home. Uh, I think what's, and I've experienced this too, where, you know, you list a home that you know, that's going to sell for about nine fifty, and you list it for nine fifty instead of like, Hey, let's put it on market value. Let the market run, uh, and price it out. Um, cause I think a buyers around that June or beforehand were, you know, when they were going into looking for properties, they were figuring they're going to pay anywhere between eight to 10 to 12 and sometimes up to 15% over, uh, over the list price. But when homes are priced at where they probably would sell in a bidding war, I think that that's made it a little uh, complicated and it's kind of turned some buyers off. So, you know, with the market across the board being all these homes are overpriced, uh, 
that kind of scares some buyers off. Uh, two, like you said, is interest rates. Interest rates have kind of, you know, they're the highest that they've been in a, a very long time. You know, when I first got in the business, these were normal. If these were low rates, rates were going for seven, you know, 8% sure. on the high side. And then, you know, I've heard the horror stories of, you know, some of the older people and the seasoned people in the business that have, you know, are dealing with 17, 18 and 19% interest rates. So uh, a four and a half to 5% interest rates, not that high. I think the big thing that we're not, we haven't really touched on is uh, the uncertainty because everything is, you know, around certainty and uncertainty. And I think with the tariffs with, with China, cause there was a lot of Chinese buyers that were coming in to town and they were buying up a lot of real estate, especially on the East side. Uh, I think that has slowed down a little bit. Did that ever actually happen? What the tariffs, not the tariffs, but I mean, the, 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 I talk about the tariffs on Vancouver, BC, like, I'm talking about just the, talking about the actual Trump administration, the tariffs on China. Yeah, like just okay. just the the mere threat of it, I think, has right. kind of got some you know people nervous. So, can uh, I say that is that the exact reason? Probably not. But I mean, if you're asking me, those would be probably the top three reasons. Okay, I'm just and just as a sidebar, and again back to that that promise that we would deviate eventually. I want to come back to your reasons, but that the Chinese investment thing. Like it makes headlines. And I, I, I talk to buyers who say the same thing. They're like, Oh man, the Chinese investment, you know, all those all cash offers coming from overseas. Like there's just no way to compete against them. You know, the listings I had last year and the listings I've had this year, I don't think I've had a Chinese investment offer. You know, I've only had like probably one all cash offer and I spoke to the agent and it was not Chinese investment dollars. How many deals have you actually done where like the Chinese investment thing, because that was such a concern for so many people because the Chinese investment money that was going into Vancouver, BC, Vancouver added a 15% tax. Right. And so um, I think it's, it depends on where you're located and primarily it's going to be in Bellevue. Okay. Bellevue is where the Chinese uh, were going to buy. And a lot of them are people that would have purchased up in Vancouver, but they bought here. Uh, and a lot of it is because of the schools. Mm-hmm. Bellevue School District is one of the top school districts in the country. Plus, it's it's you got to understand what it was like in, in, in China. And I have a good friend of mine who kind of explained it because he lived in China for many years. But China's fairly new. It's like 35 years old. So everything that's in China is new. And so when they come here, they want the best of, of everything uh, and more so than not, if, if they were buying a house that was, you know, was built in 1960 and it was one story, they were buying that house to build something on it. Um, and that's, that's my perception of what happened. Right. Uh, you know, when you go into Issaquah and then even into Seattle, it's, it's not so much there as it is in, in Bellevue. And I've, you know, I think every Bellevue listing I've ever had, I've had, you know, Chinese investors. I remember one house. So I had, you, this is a reality for you. It has. Yeah. Okay. Maybe yeah. I'm, I'm probably playing in the, the wrong ballpark. You know, well, it, it, I'll give you an example. I had one, uh, this one listing not too long ago, uh, Delmar woods in Bellevue, right off of coal Creek parkway. Um, I think I had 28 offers and Wait. I, when was this? The, uh, last year. 28, 28. 28 offers. 
and uh, I think it went 150,000 over list price. And I think it was modestly priced around just shy of 600. And I think we went up, you know, 750. And um, I, I'd gone back to the house like 45 days after it had sold, and they had completely gutted it, and they were remodeling it, and it was it was a uh, it was beautiful, but it was that it was because it was in the Bellevue School District was what the selling point was. Um, also had that uh, listing over um, crossroads, not really crossroads, but you know where the uh, that Outback Steakhouse is and the Safeway. Oh, it used to be in Al- Factoria. Yeah, Factoria, but yeah, one fiftieth, one forty eighth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was that how that little house in the back there. Same thing, right? You know, just ton of offers and. Um, but I think that has, I think that, play, that does play a role uh, in what's happening in, you know, in the local market. Well, I think a lot of it, I mean, the things you're saying, and actually, you know, my response to the whole Chinese investment thing that I haven't seen personal evidence of, but it's perception. And so buyers' perceptions and sellers' perceptions are such a huge factor. I mean, a buyer's perception of a home value is going to, unless if they're open to being coached, they're going to have a perception about the value of the home and they're not going to be willing to go over that. Right. I mean, well, I let's, work, let's talk about the good news. What is the good the news? The good Jeff? news is, is that for buyers right now, um, they do have a little bit of, they have the opportunity to choose. They finally and, got some leverage. And they're not, they're not like having to give away everything. Um, in order to get their offer accepted, uh, you know, you'd mentioned early that, you know, given, you know, inspection and, and financing and appraisal oh. and all that stuff away. And in addition to going, you know, 10, 15, 20% over list, list price, that's not happening. You know, you'll, you do, there are some homes that you're going to have to do that, but overall, I don't think that that's really the case where well, there's such a glut of options. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at neighborhoods up in the Renton Highlands, and I mean, there are homes, they're, they're almost identical in terms of layout, and there's three of them on market at the same time, and they're all sitting there. Yep. And for a buyer, I mean, that's just like, that was a giant, big, juicy, fat red apples just ready to pick, you know? Just- so you're going to start seeing a lot more listings uh, go off the market because they've either expired or canceled, and they're expiring because... Uh, you know, we got used to, you know, signing these short listing terms, knowing that we could sell the house in, you know, two weeks uh, or or they're getting canceled um, because the homeowner has the expectations that can't be delivered. And so, you know, obviously they're going to um, a homeowner's perception, perhaps. Exactly. There was that one on Straw. Uh, I won't Straw. Yeah, I won't go to it into detail. No, we don't but, have to go into deal. But yeah, but that owner was convinced they were going to get X. Yep. And they wouldn't accept a penny less. Right. And so now it's... An ex- and ex- it's a canceled listing. It's a canceled they, they listing. eventually so, pulled it. Um, and that's all goes back to yours, mine, and our industry's job is to set the right expectations and, and for... to to guide the homeowner, the seller through the process. I mean, we're, when you look for a real estate agent and you hire a listing agent, you do that. You do. There's three things that we do for them. One is we're going to navigate them through the process, right? Cause we've been there and I love to use that whitewater river the guide. Whitewater river. I've, yes. I've been down this river so many times where, you know, the average homeowner is going to sell their house once every seven years. So they're going to get on that that raft one time in seven years, they might've forgot what it was like 
when they last went down the river, but I, I do it on a regular basis. So I'm going to navigate them through the process. And my job is to market that property and get the most exposure possible. Make sure that I price it right. And then I'm connecting with the other brokers and the community, the buyers that are out there. And third is to negotiate the best terms. That's what they hire an agent for. Now, what I love about this, this market that we're in, embarking on is that it's not just stick a sign in the yard, put it on the MLS, and the house is going to just attract multiple offers. Now, now what we work on, what we do matters. That's where the skill set really has to shine, is in a time like this when it's not easy. It's not falling off a log. Yeah, I agree. And we're probably going to shake the tree and a lot of the loose fruit's going to fall off. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that there's other, there are other forces that are trying to uh, disrupt our, our industry other than the market. And I don't know if you wanted to chat about that at all, or if you wanted to talk about uh, who's playing at the gorge this summer. There's only one band playing at the gorge this summer that counts, Jeff. But I do want to hear your thoughts on extraneous factors that we haven't already talked about going to take a short break give you a chance to hear our advertisers earn their dollars when we come back jeff we're going to talk about what what else you think is going on in the market that's responsible for this shift welcome back to speaking of seattle again i'm here with jeff costello directing a designated broker and owner of tribeca northwest real estate here out in issaquah on the fringes um, of the seattle market or some could argue in the heart of the seattle market we're part of it. We're a piece of it. Jeff, before the break, you were telling me that, um, you know, everything we talked about already, you know, buyers and sellers and interest rates, you think that there are other things that are responsible for this that are, that we haven't touched on. Well, I don't, I don't think it's responsible for, but contributing? I think, I think, no, not even contributing. I just think that there's some other forces that are happening in our industry. That's really not going to affect. Okay. I really thought you were going <laughs> to, I thought you were going to go with like I, midterm elections and Trump. I, 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 could, I could make some stuff up. Yeah. And you know what? I don't want you to make anything no, up. No, no. <laughs> that probably has some effect to, to how much effect. I mean, I thought that's what they thought in 2016, that November 2016, the market would, it, you know, leading up to that would right. slow down. And, and it really didn't. No, and, it didn't and, at all. And it just, just kind of, it was like a speed bump. Boom, and then we were off to the races. I, you know, I'm, I was kidding about Trump. I know you don't necessarily want to go there, but. I'm going to let you tell me what you have to say because. Okay. Okay. So anyway, uh, <laughs> our industry is changing right around us. There's a lot of new, um, and I won't say new, but there's been some players in the industry that have kind of popped up, uh, recently. Um, and you know, it's, our, our industry is somewhat driven currently, um, there's a lot of talk about innovation uh, and technology, um, a lot about artificial, artificial intelligence kind of taking over our industry mm-hmm. uh, in the sense of, you know, you have companies like Redfin and Zillow and House Pads and uh, Purple Brick. And I mean, I can name a ton of them. And these are companies that are entering our space. Uh, it, it, what I believe that they're trying to do is they're trying to data mine and try to own the data of the buyers and sellers that are out there. And they need us agents uh, in order to get that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly believe that Redfin would probably uh, would prefer not to have agents 
and just be a technology company. And I've always thought, well, heck, if you did what Zillow did, you probably would be just as successful. Uh, but the point is, is there's a lot of disruptors that are trying to kind of I squeeze the agents and I don't know, I'd say squeeze them out, but just squeeze them a little bit uh, and trying to go after, you know, the masses amount of commissions that are paid out. Uh, and I, that's and a I, huge honeypot for somebody to put their hands into. For well, sure. there's, that's why there's so many, uh, there's so many companies out there. And, but the thing is, is I, I as much as I really do believe in technology and that we need that uh, to survive as, you know, not only real estate agents, but, you know, kind of as a society, because, you know, our phones have become our uh, computers. They have become our remote controls uh, of life. Because, you know, uh, when you wake up in the morning, um, first thing you do is what it's the first thing you do. Look at your phone, grab your phone. Right. And so if you're standing in line at Starbucks and you're in a long line, what is everybody in front of you and behind you doing? Same thing. So, there's a lot of tech companies that want your attention and they're using that remote control to get it. Uh, the only thing is, is that you and I and all of our peers, we uh, offer more than just providing them information. Because I do believe that a buyer and a seller, uh, a landlord and a tenant needs guidance. They need validation. They need a professional um a professional whitewater river guide on the real estate side to guide them through that process. It's a very emotional process for most. I won't say everybody. And for a lot, most sellers, it's the biggest investment that they're ever going to make. Are they going to just leave that up to a computer? And I always like to say, you know, is can a baby be born without a doctor or a human hand? Probably not. You know, can a court case be won without somebody who can argue the case? Probably not. And I'm not saying we're at the same level of doctors and lawyers, but you know, we, we, uh, we are, cause this is a big deal. <laughs> I'm not saying it. I'm going to say it. So sorry. I would liken it to fine art. I would like in real estate sales to fine art. If somebody wants to say, you know, I could probably do this for you. I'd like, if you're the seller, and I can do this job for you better and I can do it cheaper and you won't need, you know, I can offer you digital technology that's going to replace, you know, the, the flesh and blood beating heart of that, that greedy listing agent that wants all your money, like to do the job that I could do for you for a fraction of the cost. I would liken it to fine art. If you want to sell on eBay, like an old copy of Rolling Stone, you know, for 20 bucks, knock yourself out. I don't think that the the risk that you run for not getting the, the 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 top dollar is pretty slim. But if you've got a Jackson Pollock painting that you want to sell that is worth multi millions, where do you go? Do you go to eBay with that painting, or do you actually decide I'm going to pay Sotheby's in New York or London a pretty fat commission? to get the attention that this Jackson Pollock original that I have requires and to draw enough attention and to get the bidding war going on. And so I think that's what homes and I, are. And I We're, think that is the perfect analogy. It really is. I may have just, you hit something. You're right there. That was Paul. Can I get a sound effect? Can I get like a ding? That was perfect. And that was on the fly. That's the magic of radio. 
podcasts. Um, but yeah, absolutely. But the thing about digital technology is that like the real estate industry was founded on like a total analog system, like every other system out there before digital technology came along. And it was all about, it was proprietary knowledge. You know, as a listing agent, you have the power because you have the information about which homes are for sale, where they are, how much they are and whatnot. But now with digitization of the industry, it's opened these floodgates and everybody's it's turned the whole industry upside down because now the information is no longer centralized in an MLS book that's printed out like Ma Bell, like once every week. Now it's just on all over the internet. Yeah, but here's where it, 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 it's scary and cool at the same time is with the artificial intelligence is that they can identify who's going to buy and who's going to sell before you or even they know it. Mm-hmm. And they start to get marketed and targeted for that information. So let's say I'm a happy homeowner and you know, my kids uh, are seniors in high school and, you know, I've been with a, in a job for 25 years and, you know, I like to travel to Maui, you know, two and three times a year, right? There's going to be that artificial intelligence can identify who I am. Like, Hey, this guy is going to sell his house most likely because his kids are going to be leaving the house in the right. next year or two. And, and we've got his we search know, history and he's looking at homes in right. Pittsburgh. Every, every time wherever. he's in Maui, he's on Zillow and right. he's looking at houses. And you know, that's the kind of stuff that's, that is, that that's crazy. And if they can like make that happen and then they've got, they, they get you and they're marketing to you. And then you're like, you hit the button that one time. Like, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Boom. Even though, you know, uh, Jamal, you were their agent when they, when they, they've been talking to you for two years about selling, cause you got a, you got a mailer, um, and you, you know, they might not even consider you, uh, that's, that's what's, what's scary and cool about it, but anything's possible in, in the age of technology. I know. And that's, I mean, I, I liken us to kind of almost like children. I mean, We've only been, I can remember back to 1999, you know, when I was downloading things on LimeWire, you know, and it was really exciting, you know, to be doing file sharing and illegally getting Enter Sandman by Metallica, you know, but it was just, that was just 18, 19 years ago. And it was so limited, like the scope of, of what the internet could do. And we're just 18 years later. And I mean, the, the steps that we've taken, like in, in terms of technology are just their quantum leaps, but, and given, but our brains haven't caught up with the technology. We don't know how to best utilize these things. And so everybody's racing around trying to find the new application. That's going to like refine the system. And we're all trying to use these new applications and we don't, we're just children with like really complicated tools. I can't wait for us to catch up where it is actually refined and you know, we're no longer, you know, the startups aren't popping up and fading out as fast as they are right now. I'm excited for when real estate and digital technology do find that perfect hybrid and the understanding that you do need a flesh and blood agent with a beating so, heart who knows how to use that technology, which is where I think Tribeca is headed actually embracing that synergy of technology and old world hard work. Right. Cause it's, it's about, it's not about us. It's about them. It really is. And that's, that's gotta be the mindset and the model. And I think, uh, the industry 
and agents, brokers alike is, you know, it's too much about me and not them. So anyway, fair point. I have a question for you. Shoot that question my way, Jeff. So why are you in real estate and what do you love about it? I'm in real estate. I mean, I made that choice several years ago. It was strictly a matter of uh, quality of life. Um, working in restaurants for a long, long time, um, worked in a bunch of the high-end restaurants here in the Bellevue and Seattle area, and realized after you know having a daughter that eventually, as a server at, at a restaurant, she would be getting home from school at the same time I go work, and she would be going to school, and I would be waking up. So, like, I would be getting fraction of the time with her that I want. So I was casting about looking for a lifestyle and a career that would accommodate, you know, the freedom that I need to like raise my family in the way that I want to be the husband I want to be and the father I want to be, but at the same time, make, you know, make enough money to provide the things that my family needs. And I've landed on real estate and I am never going back. Like I will sell my blood if I, if things don't work out here, like before I go back to a straight job, like where I have a boss and somebody telling me what time to be there, what time I can leave, like I will explore every option. So I can, you mentioned, you mentioned <laughs> how the, how the career choice works with your home life. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Tell me a little bit about what is it like to be a real estate agent and you're having success. You've been doing this for two years, three you, years, three years. Um, well, I've known you for two years and you've been having success <laughs> in the two years. I have had some tremendous success in my book. What I love about real estate is it's absolute. It's, it's just dynamic. Every person you talk to is different. Every situation you run into has unique qualities about it that make it a different experience and not just a carbon copy of the last transaction. Um, I will never get over the rush of telling a buyer that our contract got accepted. You know, we've gone mutual and like, I just love that. It's, there's an endorphin rush there that I, it's been three years and I haven't gotten tired of it. Um, sitting down with a seller and having an honest transparent conversation and just sharing who I am with them and them actually saying like, yeah, Jamal, like we will trust you with our million dollar asset. There's a lot of pride in that. And again, that's just a drug of choice. I just, I, I love being validated and I love being able to show people that, you know, I am what I say I am and that they can trust that I'm, I'm not just selling them something. So, I get validation from real estate because I think I fit well in the industry and it's, it's, it's fun. I mean, the lunch breaks alone are worth it. I could take lunch breaks anytime. Right. I mean, isn't that why you're here? Freedom Freedom. and money, freedom and money. Uh, I mean, I don't want to, to you just put me on the spot when I wasn't expecting it. I was trying to, I just think it's a, I think that, that you're right. I mean, no two transactions are the same. No two people are the same. It's 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 a rush just getting through the process. You know, uh, I I would think that real estate is is one of those things where you get to feel every single emotion that the human body and mind has. Sometimes in a day. <laughs> Sometimes in a day. Multiple times a day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, you get to help somebody and you get to serve doing something that I love. Obviously, you love it. 
Uh, and I wish there was, there, there were more people that we can share that, that message with. And I believe most of our peers, not all of our peers feel the same way that we do. Uh, do. Yeah. And the ones who don't are probably in it for the wrong reasons and they'll probably flare out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been a great career choice for me. I can't see myself doing anything different. Uh, I mean, I take that. I would like to amend that. If Pearl Jam did call and Stone Gossard was like, you know, had like arthritis in his hand or something. And they said, we'd like you to be our touring guitarist. I would have to say yes to that. Short of being asked to stand in for Stone Gossard or Mike McCready. Well, let me ask you this. Do you know how to play the guitar? I do know how to play. And could you play to that level? That's a subjective response. And I would say no. Objectively, I would say no. I can't play up to Stone God because it would be level. okay if we were back in the '90s and when you know in the '90s we were. I think the, you know it was, wait, wait, a, it was you, a different. You're not going to start bagging it, on '90s tunes, are you? No, 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 no. I was just okay. going to say that time we were in a different state of mind, so they could get away. They they could get away with not sounding perfect. But today we've all like like a fine bottle of wine. Yeah, Pearl you know, Jam. Music you, you only expect. gets. Better. Yeah, you do expect perfection from both Stone and Mike. Yeah. I don't know if I could pull it off, but for the one show before they booted me, <laughs> like I would I would forego my entire real estate career. What about if they just said, Hey, we want you to uh just a tour with tour with us, make sure that the guitars are ready to go. Be a guitar tech? Yeah. See, that's not a question for a forty four year old real estate agent. That's a question for a twenty year old kid. Okay. Because the reasons that you would say yes to that are completely completely different hey i can get you back to <laughs> jeff thank you so much yet again for having shared both your time and your insight with us here on speaking of seattle i am jamal siddiqui your host we will get with you again on our next episode in the meantime you can find us on facebook you can find us on itunes like us share us If what we have to say sparks a little curiosity in you, tell a friend. We would appreciate the shout out. Until next time, speaking of Seattle, take care.